Hello, everybody. Welcome to the DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm Chris Wood, Associate Editor of DMN, here today with Amanda Martin, Vice President of Enterprise Partnerships for Digital Advertising Partner Goodway Group. Welcome, Amanda. Great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And the topic we're going to hit on today is uh, really kind of reflecting on the last year of GDPR. Um, For those who aren't familiar with GDPR, it's the General Data Protection Regulation that was instituted in uh, the, you know, there's so many different abbreviations in the ad tech and marketing tech, you know, but some initialisms become four letter words. This would be one of them. (laughs) This would be one of them. And uh, so there really isn't a whole lot to set the table for other than, um, you know, we ran an ebook recently called Data in a Post GDPR World. Um, And one of our reporters, Hillary Adler, uh, pointed out kind of over the last year uh, the the fares, the fines were kind of light, kind of light fines. Um, uh, The impact on US tech startups because of the inherently global nature of the industry. Um, Joe Stagnelli uh, also mentioned just the the penalties for uh, data breaches that come from holding on to too much first party data. I don't know how much this really gets into from the advertising and programmatic side, but I'm just wondering, Amanda, like how did how were you preparing for these changes and 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 how once it finally started, was it as you anticipated? Yeah, I think what was most interesting about GDPR is that you really didn't know how to work with the law because it was really gray. And so as we approached it, it was really a wait to see how regulators would actually read the law and act on the law, which to your point, hasn't acted, hasn't happened very often. So it's still pretty gray. So how people define and uh, consider themselves compliant is, is really hard to say a black and white answer, I am or am not compliant. But it has put a magnifying glass on how are you treating data, how are you cleansing your data, what are you keeping, why are you keeping it, and truthfully, do you have the consent to keep it? And I mean, and to that point, like our editor-in-chief, Kim Davis, also pointed out, and, and in some of these other pieces, just that the leaders, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, Tim Cook, Apple, kind of want, are looking for uh, maybe clearing up the gray area a little bit on the U.S. side uh, for whether it's federal regulations or getting the ball rolling over here uh, to kind of clarify that gray area. Yeah, and I think when you look at CCPA, so another <laughs> four-letter word, but the California Consumer Protection Act, your Privacy Act, you're, um, you're seeing that same gray area. And so what they're trying to do in the 11th hour and running up until the January 1st, 2020 kind of in, uh, date, start date, is to define what it means and what is in and what is out of consideration, because right now the law is written pretty broadly. So I think we're taking a proactive approach, but the laws that are being written state to state are still very broad and maybe even broader than GDPR, which is I think why uh, the ad tech industry and advertising industry as a whole have really tried to come to the table and ask for more clarification and amendments. And I think that will happen through the start and then well after the start of of the U.S. efforts. Because even at the end of the year last year, I heard from ad tech people who said that they were spending a lot of time, that it took a lot of 
you know, uh, labor hours to, uh, to, to kind of change things? I mean, what, what were some of the changes that, that you saw? Yes, yeah, so I think for us, it was who could you work with and who felt that they had the consent mechanisms in place. And so a lot of our like third party data providers were, you know, maybe kind of pausing for a little bit at the start of GDPR or the DSPs were not ready to say, yes, they are GDPR compliant and yes, we'll use them. And so we definitely saw a shift from third party behavioral targeting to more contextual uh, targeting at the beginning of GDPR and then that slowly kind of changed and of course you saw a lot of companies actually shut down different parts of their business in the EU because they didn't feel like it was viable with the laws and that they could work within the laws um, but what I think it really has shown a light on is that it affects everybody so it's not just ad tech it's not just brands it's anyone who has a website anyone who's collecting information on consumers and for the GDPR law it was anyone potentially interacting with an EU citizen. So that's basically the entire world. <laughs> and so all of us had to kind of take a look inward and try to figure out well, what are our data pro policies? What are we doing? What shouldn't we be doing? What are we outlining so that if we do need to cleanse data from our system, that we have everything in place to do so? And so it's just been hard to take that initiative on when the law was so hard to understand what fell in and out of its kind of limitations. So there were a lot of questions early on and then things kind of settled or are we think, still in like a holding pattern? I, I think we're still in a holding pattern. Honestly, I think with the regulation that we're seeing, you know, there's some investigations into Google right now and there's some different things that maybe will bring clarification. But again, with light regulation so far and very limited fines, it hasn't necessarily drawn any lines in the sand for folks to know, like, are they or are they not following everything? And for us, it's giving our advertisers and our brands the best recommendation of getting a privacy lawyer who really is living and breathing this because it's really hard to interact with on your own. Um, it, and so the lawyer, uh, kind of like a in-house kind of advocate? Either in-house yeah. or, you know, obviously you have third party. We have a third party uh, law firm that works with us and they guide us through processes of like, okay, map all of your data processes and now, now assess all your data processes and that is an ongoing task. We have not completed uh, all those efforts. So this is kind of like best practices moving forward, or is it like a case by case? Are, are there are there things that your clients or your partners want to do that you say you can't really do? Like you mentioned, like um, limiting like DSPs. Uh, yeah, I definitely think there are more limitations when you approach the EU now in the sense of what partners can you work with and who is truly compliant. But scale is really the biggest limitation. So with that consent mechanism going into place, it's not that there isn't data to action on, it's just there isn't as much data to action on because that consent mechanism has kind of refreshed and, and moved the industry in this new kind of consent error. Sure, and there are other ways of gathering data. Yes. Other data sources and other ways of, of matching or making sense of uh, you know, in the AI field, it's like the unstructured data becoming structured data. Yeah, and, and I think honestly working in like a pseudo-anonymous data world is extremely successful. Mm. And first party PII is fantastic, but some advertisers just don't have it. And so you can do a lot with inferences and 
Uh, there's a way around it. There's, there's a way around it without, you know, crossing that line of privacy. Because the truth is, I look at all these laws that are going into effect, and I really think, is it about privacy when it applies to the ad tech industry, or is it more about, did I give you permission to use my information in the way you're using it? And I think that's more along the lines of what the consumers want to see from, at least from our industry, mm -hmm. is why are you using my data, and do I approve of your use of my data? The word privacy, I think, can scare everyone, but I think it's truly about our consumers comfortable with what we're doing with their data. And then I also hear in the industry that the way that you prove it is through the relevancy. Yeah, true. And I think a lot, we've had many, many years of really bad ad targeting. And so when that same ad follows you around everywhere you go and is ruining your experience on a site that you love, you start to get mad at the ad. <laughs> and so I think if our ads were better targeted and more relevant to the consumer, they would value how we're using their data. But the fact is that we don't hit that mark 100% of the time. And I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. And so I think uh, targeting consumers well so that the message they're receiving is really relevant to them is really what will help kind of move us through these regulations. Yeah, I mean, from the regulation standpoint, like so uh, California may be kicking off at the beginning of next year. Um, is Do you think it's going to be a state by state or at some point, or is everyone going to say, okay, let's... I think we're going to live in a state by state world for a little while because quite honestly, there's nothing on the table right now that's going to... After the elections? <laughs> Maybe after the elections, but I think it'll take time. I think we'll see multiple states follow suit, and I think CCPA will become kind of the copy and paste privacy act that you'll see go around the country. And we know states are already go you know, going in that direction, and it's across the board. It's not just left or right-leaning states that are putting these privacy actions into place. But what we'll see is I think once a handful of states do that, I think that will really pressure kind of a federal law that will help the industry work across the board instead of trying to work in a state-by-state -state manner. Because what we'll have to do is just work to the, like the toughest limits and then just enact those as, as our kind of lines in the sand. Because if not, you really you can't, can't, you can't comply on a consumer-to-consumer -consumer basis on a state-by-state -state law. And where are they versus where are they from? it would just be too difficult to manage. Um, how about uh, just having like a um, regional partners like Goodway Group? Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, we have a lot of local and regional advertisers that work with us. And so- Does that make it easier at all? It if might. It's a state by state? I think you could assume it would, but I actually think the advertising I'm serving could potentially be served to someone in California or somewhere else, depending on how I'm targeting. And so I think it affects everyone. I don't think you can work around it mm -hmm. if you're using data at all. It goes back to the usage behavior. Yep. If it's uh, somebody on a phone who's on a trip you know, to another state. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, just, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like, uh, not that I, it, it, was, it was before my time, but you know, the, the state liquor laws, you know, and hopping state to state, yeah. this, is, this is even more radical <laughs> because you still want to hit that consumer even if they're uh, traveling somewhere else. I mean, the, uh, the, ge the geographic element of 
marketing isn't necessarily I'm in this state at this time or I'm close to the store. It's I'm trying to get this message to a particular yeah. consumer wherever they are. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you're targeting them because of where they are and sometimes you're targeting them because right. of where they work or where they're from or what they do. And so I think it just, it makes... The Privacy Act will make delivering a relevant message harder, in all honesty, which is what I think consumers want to see. They want to see better advertising. And so we need to find some gray area definition where we're still allowed to do that, but the consumer still feels like their privacy is protected. Um, just generally, uh, what kind of relevant messaging or strides do you think you've seen in the industry? Uh, pertaining to just making a, getting a relevant message across and advertising it's that the, the, a consumer wants to see yeah I think it's I think it's turn I think it's brands turning inward and looking at the data they do have what do they actually know about their consumer and are their assumptions correct about their consumer and I think we often will see what we go out to target and then what comes back as success, those audiences look a little different. And so first party data is gonna play a really important role in that relevant message because those consumers that you know that your brand already is aware of and is interacting with can really tell you a lot about the consumers that you want to get to know and you want to uh, conquest. So I think turning our clients attention to their first party data and the importance of their first party data and and managing that data well. I think for a while data has been a quantity over quality and I think this will change it to a quality over quantity. And so are you cleansing and don't be afraid to throw away data if it's too old or no longer relevant because it might be misguiding your, your advertising practices. More and more I also hear about algorithms and machine learning optimizing campaigns once you have that data for a particular case or client that optimizes the campaign moving forward using again to your point making better use of the data that you already have. Yeah and then you're not starting from square one every single time you launch a new campaign. Use the insights that you have from previous campaigns to better um, attack your future campaigns. I've also done uh, several podcasts kind of from the publishing side. Do you think it's tougher for publishers even more now? Well, I think it puts publishers in, in, a, in the driver's seat because they will hold the consent mechanism for a lot of this. And so they are going to have a lot of, I guess, work to put those things in place so that they can collect the information on their sites. Um, and then get permission to pass it because there's a lot of data sharing in the industry that I think could use some cleaning up in all honesty. We don't need to all share each other's data. Uh, but the publishers are in a really good place to be able to ask their consumers for permission, get that permission granted, <clears throat> and then proceed, which is something we haven't done in the past. I mean, there's still building on their brand equity and their trust with their readers, their audience. Yeah, and so I think it will uh, shine a light on maybe their guidelines for who can advertise and how you can advertise on their sites. Um, but I do think that ultimately we're not working uh, in a mischievous way to serve ads to individuals, um, but I think we could do a better job of serving the right ads to individuals, and publishers could play a role in that. It just still seems so great. It is so great. It, and. I have to say that the, the California law is 
is grayer, grayer. than GDPR was going into it. Mm. We have a little bit of lead time, but right. the California law actually goes into effect on January 1st, 2020. But the look back window for data goes all the way back to the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And so if you haven't looked into your data policies and how you would cleanse your data if requested, uh, I think uh, you better start now. So, But it still looks like maybe a wait and see. Again. I think it's going to be a wait and see into how we have to react and right. are we act reacting correctly. So if regulation happens and certain people get fined, that might draw some lines in the sand so you can say, okay, what we have done is sufficient. Or it might say it's not sufficient enough. And that we don't know yet. Wait and see. Wait and see. <laughs> Amanda, it's great to have you here. And maybe we can uh, celebrate the two-year anniversary or maybe the one-year anniversary of the CCPA. <laughs> and maybe there'll be a couple more initialisms in there. <laughs> but it's so great to have you here. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to the DMN one-on-one -on -one podcast. Again, you can uh, find more content uh, at dmnews.com uh, for more data strategy and technology. Again, Chris Wood. Thanks a lot for listening.